Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Oh, it's big Suns oh, game tonight. Go. The Warriors, the Sunbursts, jerseys. Looking forward yeah, to it. You're all pumped up oh, about I'm those. I'm fired huh? up about those. Yeah, that brings back the memories, huh? Yeah, it does. What year was that? Oh, that was 93. That 1993. Was, that was the 92-93 Barkley season, the first Barkley uh, season when they that busted That was when they busted out. out for the first time. And what's funny about it is, like, that was... The prime of my life as a sports fan, like I'm in my early 20s, that to me is, I think, when you're like your your best version of your sports fan. Early just, 20s? I think so. I've always thought that when you're in I your go younger. early go younger. mid-20s, that's just when you're, man, you're so in. You think younger? You think even like a, like a yeah, kid? Yeah, because my best memories are... You know, 20, you're almost like an adult, right? I mean, some of you were going to college. I didn't. Um, but at 20, like, you know, like, like you're a grown-up. You got grown-up things to do. When you're a kid, you don't have any grown-up things to do. You yeah. don't have to worry about that. Mom's making dinner and packing lunches and... You know, dad's working to put food on the table, and you just get to watch sports and enjoy life. Again, when you're 20, you got to kind of take care of yourself a little you bit. You do a little bit, but also in your 20s, it's wings, mm. it's beer, and yeah. you really don't care because your metabolism will just burn through all of it. You're not mm-hmm. going to gain 30 pounds, right? And you can just sit there and watch sports and do the wings and the beer thing while you watch sports. And that really rocks for about seven or eight years, right? Where you just go through that phase where all you, hey, let's get some wings and some beer and watch some sports. Yeah, great. Sounds awesome. Let's do it. A, a you know? few good men to a 1993 number two movie. A few good men. There you go. Aladdin was number one. Wow. 1993. Last time they, uh, when these jerseys when came the out. When the Sunburst jerseys came out. Jurassic Park. Yeah, it was a good summer. It was a good yeah. summer for movies. There was a Fugitive that the Fugitive, summer. Fugitive? Yeah, that's Fugitive right, the Fugitive. That yeah, yeah, that was a good summer for movies. In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood. I remember the that. Nightmare, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I remember that summer really, really well of movies. Yep, so they're mm-hmm. back tonight. I'm sure they're going to look good, and they're going against the Warriors. And that is our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Great. I mean, you'd rather have now than later. Um, I think everybody's been handling it pretty well. And we just, we just, we're just one team, man. Obviously, adding more pieces, but they, they smart and they, they learn so fast. So it, it kind of messes you up for a minute. You kind of realize, like, they really haven't been here at all that long. And, um, just how quick they pick up what they've made it make it feel like they've been here for a little bit. It was Mikel Bridges saying, hey, bring on the good teams now, and why not? The stretch for the Suns to open the season, whether it was the Mavs, whether it was the Clippers, whether it's the Pelicans later this week, the Timberwolves next week. You got the Golden State Warriors tonight, Gambo, the matchup that I think, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, we just assumed was going to be the Western Conference Finals, right? Suns Warriors for the right to go to the NBA Championship. The yeah. Suns did not live up to their end of that no. bargain. But it's time to it's time to get it on tonight with your Pacific Division rival. I'm really looking forward to tonight's game. Yeah, I still think this is the best team in the West. I don't think there's any question about that. I think this is the team to beat. I mean, they're the defending champions and, you know, I think all roads are going to go through them, but this is a good test for Phoenix as, as they take them on. The 
Warriors, they listen, they, they get up and down the court very quickly. They, they play at a fast pace. Um, you know, they average over 110 possess, possessions per game. They lead the NBA in scoring at 125 per game. Uh, their defense isn't great. They give up a lot of points. It's almost like an NFL shootout. You know, you want to get into a shootout with them because their defense isn't really good. But this is a team that, you know, they're struggling in some areas. Their bench has been a big problem for them. They're not getting a lot out of their bench. So, you know, you'd like to, you, know, you, you want to see how you match up with some of the teams. Like the Clippers, it's a little bit different because, you know, they're kind of, you know, Kawhi's just coming back. He only played seven minutes in the first half. He's not starting games. But this Warriors team is, this is, this is very much the team that you're going to play in the playoffs. They got a couple injuries, but nothing major. I, I still think it's the team you measure yourself against. I mean, obviously, they're the defending NBA champ, but I, I, I think even without that, they're still the team that you measure yourself against for everything that they've accomplished up until this point. They're everything you want to be if you're the Phoenix Suns. Now, you know, is anybody going to look back at what happens on October 25th and, and use this as a springboard for why the Suns are going to beat them in the playoffs or why the Warriors are going to win? No, of course not. It's way too early. You just enjoy it for what it is. In the moment, two of the best teams in the West, two of the better teams in the NBA, squaring off in an early season matchup yeah. just to kind of see where you stand against one of the best. And and for the Suns, they've had a few of those challenges to start the season, and I'm looking forward to another one. Yeah, and listen, one. this Golden State team has always been intriguing to me. They call it an offspring of the original seven seconds or less Suns. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you know, their, their, G, their coach is Steve Kerr. He was the Suns general manager during a portion of that. Uh, they had Alvin Gentry there. He was a lead assistant during that time. He was there for a little bit. So this is a team that very much is, it reminds us of what the seven seconds or less Suns are. I remember when the Warriors first got good and Charles Barkley like, there's no way this team's going to win a championship. They don't have a center. All they do is shoot threes. There's no way. Nobody believed in them. But with, with Steph Curry and with Clay and the additions of other guys and Draymond coming in, that team has been, they're the best team in the NBA. They uh, they are, they're very good. They've, they've brought in some new younger players. They've had, they had Kevin Durant there for a little bit, but they're really winning with some of their younger guys, Wiggins and Poole as well, really helping out the older guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, it, there's a tale of two teams when it comes to the Warriors. There's their starting five, which right now is statistically very early in the NBA season, the most dominant group in the NBA statistically in Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, and Kevon Looney. That starting lineup is the best starting lineup to the first week of the season in terms of their net rating and things like that. It's the bench. And the last time we saw the Warriors play, they're up by 24 against Sacramento Kings on Sunday night. Steph Curry comes out of the game in the third quarter, fourth quarter, and he thinks that's it. He's done. Like, I'm not, yeah. not going to have to come back into this game. We're up 24 over the Sacramento Kings. And the bench was so bad for the Warriors in that game. Steve Kerr, after the Sacramento game, called a late timeout. He was not happy with his bench at all. The main thing was just the lack of energy. You know, um, you, you, you got... Uh, you know, a, a group of reserves out there, those guys should be dying to get, be on the floor and flying around and playing with, with huge energy. And that was what I was upset about. There was It was a careless uh, transition defense possession. Um, there was no juice, no, um, no life to that group. And, um, you know, we're going to have to find... Um, Find what we're looking for in terms of energy and leadership. Um, it's it's not, you know, entirely fair to them to, you know, put all those guys together. But um, it's a tough league. It's sink or swim, and you gotta you gotta figure it out. Moses. 
most <clears throat> when they start when they start with Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney, they're almost they're crushing opponents. Okay, they they crush opponents. Now they are when, when every other lineup combination is put in, they're a minus twenty nine. Now they eventually won that game against Sacramento that you're talking about. They won it by five, one thirty to twenty five. They barely won it. Real shaky fourth quarter. But they're trying to figure out what is the right combination of players, and then injuries come in a factor. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, yep. who has been coming in for Curry late in the third quarter, him, you know, and uh, you know Trey Lyles, and just trying to find that right combination on the bench because when those starters come out, the bench has been really bad. Yeah, it has been, and um, it's it's been the, it's so early in the season, but it has been the problem for them. And of course, the Suns, you know, what we're all going to be looking for, we're going to be looking to see Devin Booker, his dominant start so far. Does that carry over? All eyes are going to be on Chris Paul. We're going to have, I'm sure, a ton more conversation about Chris Paul. All year, All right? Year. Every game, every quarter, mm. every shift that Chris Paul is out there, we're going to be watching him maybe yeah. more closely than we ever have. Is he old? Is this by design? Is this part of the plan? We've got a great poll question right now at the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later as well with Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton and how they continue to use him and does he continue to evolve as the number two scoring option on this team, right? And then, of course, the Suns' own bench and waiting on a Jay Crowder trade and does Damian Lee continue to play well? What about Cameron Payne? What about all of those those questions are still questions for us for the Suns because we're only three games into the season. And we'll have uh, Jock Landell at 3 o'clock today. Yes, we'll Jock have Landell. Jock Landell. From down under. Yep. The Australian is going to join us at 3 o'clock, so he, we'll talk to him. He's in, Austra- he's in Australia? Right? No, but he's from down under. Okay. I didn't say he's there. I didn't say he's there. I said he's from down under. <laughs> the Australian from well, down under. From down under. I thought maybe he made a quick trip to go see his family or something. No, I I, he's, pro- he's from there. Hell of a, yeah. hell of a you know, jet lag. I those guys still play? I'd go see them if they came out and played. Um, I haven't heard about the men at retirement. Oh, that's right. If the men are, the men are going to work, I'm, I, I'd go see them. Chelsea is just cringing right now oh, listening yeah, to this. Probably. I know. Probably. Um, like, your music sucked. I don't know how anybody listened to it. I think the lead singer is still out there doing his thing. I don't know if they're together as men at work, but I think Colin Hay, I believe his oh, name is. That. I think Colin Hay is still out there touring. Had a couple of good hits. Oh, they, they were huge. Yeah. Oh, my God. They were, oh, yeah. No, so I'd go see them if they came out here. Let's get let's make it happen. Yeah. Well, you, you let me know how that goes with Chelsea, and uh, I'll tell you if we've got plans or not. I'm not so sure Chelsea's going to want to go see men at work. They're probably pushing their late 60s now at this point. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Cardinals got the win the last time they played Minnesota. But since they beat them there in Minnesota, way back. Way, way, way back. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals coming off the mini buy off of being on Thursday night football, so a few extra days rest. The Vikings coming off the bye bye. They get a full extra week to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals and to rest up. The shame of it from Minnesota standpoint, you sent me this note today and I didn't realize this. They don't, I mean, I'm sure they appreciate the rest. They'd probably rather have this buy at a different time of year. They have been remarkably healthy so far this season. I, I couldn't remarkably believe Remarkably healthy. I couldn't believe a note that I saw posted, uh, you know, one of the Vikings, one of the guys covers the Vikings. Through six games, the Vikings have had only 
One game missed by a starter Must due to nice. injury. Must be nice. One. Must be nice. Yeah, I mean, that is luck. I mean. Oh, it's pure luck. Absolutely. Oh. One starter has missed a game. It was Harrison Smith against the Lions. He had a concussion against the Eagles, so he wasn't able to play. That's it. Yeah. They have been healthy the entire. I'd like to just like hire their whole staff and bring them here because they, they kept everybody healthy over there. That's I mean, that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. It's not going to last. I mean, it's, and that's why the the bye week for them is probably a little mistimed. You kind of like it when some guys are banged up, right? You want to use the bye week to get, to get them back healthy, and get yeah. them healthy and and rest up. And I like again, yeah, sure they could use the rest, but they're probably looking at it like, man, can we petition the league to get this thing a little bit later on in the season when we because they're gonna get injured. They're gonna have some guys who are hurt. Um, the Vikings come into this game. The Cardinals come into this game facing a Vikings team that's five and one. Um, this. This little nugget is probably going to amaze some people because it has been the last time the Cardinals played them yeah. was just last year they beat them. Greg Joseph missed that yes. field goal, right? They probably yep. should have lost. That was here in Arizona. It was here in Arizona, yeah. week two, if memory serves. Greg, you, okay, Greg Joseph missed the field goal. Um, what were you going to say now? I was going to say, I'll let you guess. The, the the last time the Cardinals won in Minnesota. I don't need to guess. I read the story. Fly Like an Eagle was uh, by the Steve Miller Band was one of the top songs. Okay. Uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold. Uh, don't Stop by Fleetwood Mac. Barracuda by Heart. Barrawatta? Barracuda. Barrawatta? Kansas. Carry on, <laughs> Wayward Son. Barrawatta? Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. You're acting like you haven't heard him speak I, for the I, last I, 10 I just, years. I look, yeah. I've heard Dr. Peppa and Iowa. I've never heard him say Barracuda. <laughs> Seriously, that's like, I've worked with Gambo for 11 years. That's one of those, I'm going to attach an R to a word that it doesn't exist. I've never heard that one. Barracuda. Slow down when I when I talk a little bit. Yeah, like the last time the Card- the Cardinals have had a terrible history of uh, of being in Minnesota. It's crazy. Well, don't tease me like that. Give me the year. 1977. Yeah. The Cardinals haven't won a road game in Minnesota since 1977. Now, they played... 19, 1991, they got beat. 1996, 1998, 2000, 2006, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2016, 2018. It's like they haven't played them. One of those games was a playoff game, 1998. That was after they beat with Jake Plummer, right? That's at, after they beat actually, the Cowboys. You know what? I was just going to say, I was actually at that you game. You were at that game. So they I, beat I the Cowboys. It was one of the great moments. I was, I, I was kind of new in town, only been here for like a year or two, and the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in a playoff game. I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah. Then they lost to the Vikings. They got crushed by him. They don't win there. The last time they beat them on the road, the starting quarterback for the for the Cardinals was Jim Hart. Jim Hart was the Cardinals quarterback. Fran Tarkenton was still playing. He was in his second to last season. So the last time the Cardinals won in Minnesota, Fran Tarkenton versus Jim Hart. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You know what made its debut in 1977 as well? Star Wars. Oh my the, God! There the you go. Star Wars came. That's, I mean, that's, that's the year it came that's out. That's the year it came out. Nineteen seventy-seven. Star Wars. Um, that's how long it's been. So, yeah, it's been a while. And yeah, I was at that playoff game. That was the Jake Plummer year when they beat Dallas the week before. And they went to Minnesota. You and they truly looked, were a young man then. I was. I was a very. Sometimes young I man. say it about something that happened five years ago. You're not really, but <laughs> that time you really were I, a young man. I was a very, very young man. And, and, uh, to, true story. Being that I was born and raised in Arizona and never yeah. really spent any time out of Arizona, I had to borrow clothes from my father because it was going to be so cold in Minnesota. I didn't own anything I could wear. Like, it was going to be freezing cold, and I'm like, Dad, I need well, to they borrow. they played outdoors then. 
No, no, no. They were still in, in the 77. Dome. Oh, 77. No, in, no, in oh, the playoff yeah, game. Play seven, in seven, yeah. In 77, in they were playing outdoors. In 98, they were playing indoors. Back but outside, Chuck Foreman yeah, and Alan outside, Page. So, that being said, how much of an accomplishment would it be, A, to beat a team in a place that you haven't won since Star Wars debuted in theaters, and B, maybe more importantly, probably more importantly, to beat a team that's 5-1 and one that's and is off important. to the start that they're off yeah, to, it's more right? important to win the, these games because, you know, the Vikings, they're good, they're healthy, and a lot of people may be looking at this right now and saying it's you know, most likely a Viking win. Look, you're going to, at 3-4, and four, you're going to have to win some games that you're probably not supposed to win, you know, and this might be one of them, on the road against a Viking team that's 5-1. and one. You're probably going to need to win some of these games. There's still a lot of people that doubt the Minnesota Vikings. There's a lot of people that aren't really sure. If, and you're one of Me. them. They're not really <laughs> sure if they're a, a great team or not. They're 5-1, and one, but how good are this they? This is me raising my hand like over here. It's like the Giants. Like, I mean, listen, I'm a Giants fan. Honestly, like, I don't think they're that good. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I honestly the don't Jets, know if they're good, like, that good I, either. Like the, you know? like the Jets, like, honestly, I don't think they're that good. You know. So there's some teams that have gotten off to really good starts that you're like... We're surprised by the Vikings being five and one. Well, we're surprised by the Jet start. We're surprised by the Giants start. You don't think people were having the same conversation about the Cardinals last year? You were. They they were. Yeah. And you know what? They were right. They yeah, were right. Yeah. They were right to have those conversations about the Cardinals. And, and I I think because of that, and just because of our experience covering this league and being fans of this league, we know there are certain starts you go, okay, yeah, that's legit. That team is like Philly. Philly's really good. All right, they're they're, they're good. They're, they're I believe it. I buy it. Kansas City, obviously. Buffalo, of course. Minnesota, I don't think they're some dominant, you know, brand that is going to go out there and just steamroll everybody. I think their offense has certainly been much improved with the addition of their head coach. And I know you mentioned yesterday you being a Mike Zimmer fan. That team needed a fresh coat of paint in the worst yeah. kind of way. Yeah, and I like him as a coach. And he was kind of a tough, no nonsense, speak it like it is. And O'Connell is much more a modern day kind of offensive kind of guy. He's got that offense humming right now. And their receivers are unbelievable. Defensively, in some stats they hold up and in other stats they don't. And that seems to be kind of where the soft spot is on that team and one that maybe you can take advantage of. I know this. In a market like that, that loves that team the way they do. This will be one of the most challenging road games the Cardinals will play all year. Now, that I have no doubt, okay? Not because I think the team is that great, but I think that fan base and that environment, oh, yeah, rapid that, fan base, that's sure. going to be a very difficult environment to go win a football. And that, to me, is the best test, the biggest test for the Cardinals this week because they're going to— they're, they're smelling blood, right? They're, they're going five into a and one. Yeah, Green absolutely. Bay looks terrible. They're thinking, they're thinking division championship here. They're thinking a home— Home field playoff games right now. Five and one. You got a Cardinal team that's not that good coming in. Uh, again, with the Packers reeling, you're probably thinking that this is this is a great opportunity for the Vikings to kind of rest control of this division. Yeah, you would think, and and who knows, maybe even the conference. I mean, you take a look around outside of what's going on in the NFC East. Nobody. I mean, they're the only ones other than the Seahawks. They're the only ones with an above 500 record in the whole NFC East. If you, if you take out or if you take the out NFC the East NFC has three East, teams right, above that's what I meant to say. If you yeah. take out the NFC East, the only other team in the entire NFC that's above 500 right now is the Seattle Seahawks, other than the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm sure up there they're looking at it like, hey, why not us? This this whole conference is down. You know, the, Brady's not good. Rodgers isn't good. You know, the Rams aren't as good. The didn't 49ers we, aren't as good. Why not the Minnesota Vikings? In a way, didn't we kind of say that about why we thought the Cardinals could make the playoffs? This 
this year? Because the NFC is just not oh, that 100%. good. And the AFC was? Absolutely. We uh, the AFC seems very top-heavy with Kansas City and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had to do, I, I would like, if we were doing one of those, ta- you know, teams versus the field, I would probably take Kansas City and Buffalo and give the field to somebody else because it's, those two teams just seem so much better than everybody else. But the NFC, we kind of anticipated the NFC wasn't going to be that strong. I just didn't know it was going to be this week. Because like, I thought I still thought Green Bay and, and the Bucks would be good, and I, they're not. I didn't know the elite were going to be this week. Like, to think that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were going to look like like dog old breath, men. like old men yeah. the same year, right. at the same time, yep. against awful opponents. Who could have who could have even dreamed that that was going to happen at the no, same Tom time? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson look awful this year. Who would have thunk that? Yeah. Nobody, nobody could have predicted that. Do you want to remind you here on the Burns and Gambo show that week eight of Bix Picks is underway? Text the word PICK to 620-620. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley. It's your chance at the grand prize, 75-inch TV. Courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will get an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers as well. Text the word PICK to 620-620 to enter. Chris Paul doesn't look like Chris Paul. Paul to start the year by design or something else. That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we're rolling out a couple today with Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor. Let's, if we can, Rubes, um, let's start with the NFL one. We could do that. I think we could swing that. Chris Paul one leads right into our Chris Paul conversation as if we planned that or something. Almost, mm-hmm. almost. Almost like we were organized around here and knew what we were doing, which don't buy that for a second. <laughs> Uh, so start with the NFL one. What do you got for us? All right, guys. Well, we're seven weeks in, and the NFC West, well, it doesn't look like anybody predicted. So at this point, with the Seahawks on top, who do you believe will be first place by the end of the season in the NFC West? You know your options. The 49ers. Don't you think we're going to be asking this question at least three more times this season? Minimum. Uh, seriously, this will be a poll question. Yeah. October 25th, we will ask this question at least two more times this season because of the mediocrity and uncertainty of the NFC West. Yes. We just don't know. That said, I still think the 49ers. And I, it's going to take a lot for me to change that answer over the course of this season. But I'm going with the 49ers. What's our audience say? 43.9% in first place. Rolling with both of you saying 49ers in second place at 31.8% is the Arizona Cardinals. In third place is the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams at 14.5%. And seven weeks in, at 4-3 in first place in the NFC West, the Seahawks under 10%, 9.8%. Nobody's buying that stock. Nobody's buying that stock, yeah. It's like, well, we just got done talking about the Vikings a second ago. It's like, yeah, they're 5-1. Are they really that good? I don't know. Yeah. The Giants are 6-1. Are they really that good? I don't know. I mean, maybe. We'll see. It's And I think people at the Seahawks are, or look at the Seahawks, and they're thinking the same thing. Like, are they really that good? Um, I call it PTSD from the first man. seven weeks of last season. I know, but at what yeah. time, at what point in the season you'd be like, okay, we were wrong, they're good. The end of it. Like, the, no, I mean, it's got to be a point before that where you're like, okay, like... I think you can already acknowledge that most people have been wrong about them. They've already defied expectations. It, that's true. But that's it, true. It, it's true. They, they have. They have. They've probably already won, well, not more games than I thought they would, but one more, and they'll win as many as I thought they were going to win all season. It's just last year, to Eric's point, 
And you're the Arizona Cardinals. You start 10-2. and two, and, and at that point, you're thinking, okay, how much more legit does this need to be? And how people much more, weren't buying them. Yeah, how much more evidence do you require that this is a good football team? And they just fell apart right before our very eyes. It happens. That The truth is it happens. All right, what's uh, question number two? Question number two, we're crossing over to those Suns. It is Suns Day here on Arizona Sports, and the question is about CP3. Obviously, he's taken more of a backseat role this year. Do you believe that's more by design or more by Father Time? Uh, I'm going with Father Time. Um, I'm going Father Time. <laughs> I think it's by design Man. because of Father Time. <laughs> they you, play can't, hand you, can't, you can't. You can't play hey, both sides hey, of the fence like my, that. My name's on the billboard too. You I, can get, I can answer the question hey, however I want. It's okay, the, I'm not getting any younger. It's the no, you're not. It's the Birds and Gambo show. Try it's, to vote for both on to see if it works on the Twitter page. <laughs> Try to see if you can vote for both. No, you can't. Uh, no, I'm just it's saying like, that's, that's the right answer. But the answer yeah. answer is um, Father Time. Father Time. 62.1% rolling with you guys saying it's my father time. 37.9% saying it's more by design. All right. That's the uh, age catches up to everybody eventually. Sure does. <laughs> sure does. I am not. I am not a young man. You're right. You're not. Um, Chris Paul. And we, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, we are going to watch. I don't know if we've ever. Watched Chris Paul the way we're going to watch Chris Paul until you go back to like the beginning of his career here, you know, where you were really like hyper watching him to see how different he was going to make things, how he was going to improve things, how it was going to change. I think we're now we're back to the same point where like every time CP3 is on the floor, I, I, I my, my attention is going to be focused on him. How does he look? What does he do? Is he passing up shots? Is he aggressive? Is he passive? Is he handling the ball? Is he not handling the ball? Because we, we want to know, is this father time? Is this him getting old right before our eyes? Or is this part of some grand plan by the Phoenix Suns to figure out other options with Chris Paul's inevitable decline? Listen, no matter what you say, it doesn't take away from the fact that he can't, he's not shooting the basketball. Like, you know, you could say by design, but the assists are there. He's averaging about 11 assists per game, so he still has the court vision. He still has that, that great brain. He still can make a terrific pass. Can't shoot the basketball anymore. Right now, through three games, he's shooting terrible. Yeah. He's had worse shooting percentage, and his three-point three percentage is what, like 9%? He's shooting about 9% from three-point range. He's made one basket, and I think he shot it, what, 11 times from three-point range? One for 11? Yeah, I, one for 11. He was one for eight against the Clippers. He's one for 11 on the season. One so for 11 yeah. on the season. So, like, that is, you know, that's just, that's a different thing. Why is Chris Paul struggling so poor? How many elbow jumpers has he taken this year? Uh, I, I, I count on one hand. I, I, I on one hand, the amount of, of elbow jumpers. Two off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, right. but two where I really remember. Oh, because I remember saying, hey, look, there's a Chris Paul yeah. elbow jumper, as if it were, you know, like a comet that was coming around every now, 100 years. Now, listen, that elbow jumper, okay, part of it is... Part of it is the accuracy when he shoots the ball from there. He's so good at it. But the point to get to the accuracy is you got to get there. 
You got to get to the elbow quickly. Now, you could say teams are taking that away, or you could say, if you're a step or two slower than you normally are, you're not going to be able to get there in time. So that's what I look at, too. His inability to get to the elbow, why is that? Why is that? Has everybody just, did it take 20 years to figure out, oh, Chris Paul likes to shoot? No. Everybody knows that's what he likes to do. You just couldn't take it away because he was so good at getting to that spot using quickness. Quickness got him to that spot. How much of that quickness is gone, that first step? Because if that goes, then yeah, you're not going to get to the elbow with room to take the shot that he's been so good at. Sam Amick was a longtime NBA writer, was a guest on the Bickley Murata show today, and he brought up the father time thing too. Oklahoma City first got Chris. They sat in a room with he and his personal team, like his agent and a bunch of his people, and, and Sam Presti and his Thunder front office had a PowerPoint presentation that they shared with Chris that, that had all this stuff about what typically happens to point guards who at that time are, you know, he's looking at 35-year-old, not 37. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris, of course, kind of like, you know, it didn't take kindly to this and decided to prove everybody wrong, and he has to this point, but there's a reason that the data looked the way it looked in that presentation. There was a story on Bright Side of the Sun today about Chris Paul, and I want to share this with everybody because I shared this with you this morning. Uh, only 28 times in the history of the NBA, right, the history of the whole league, 28 times, has a point guard started 50 or more games over the age of 35. Okay, 28 times in the history of the league has a point guard been basically the starting point guard for a team. 50 or more starts over the age of 35. I'm with you. When you narrow the search parameters to above the age of 37, how many times has an NBA point guard started 50 or more games? Seven times. So, And the last one to do it, by the way, was Steve Nash a full decade ago. Wow. He was the last one to do it. How many over 35? Uh, 28 times. So 28 down to 7. So 21 of those guys that were starting at 35 were done by 37. Yes. Done. That's out of, the, out of that, that rare group and, 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 that started after the age of 35, 21 of them out of 28? 21 out of 28. Okay. Seven, it says it's very easy to figure out. 7, 14, 21, 28. 75% are, of those guys... Within that two years that Chris Paul's still playing, vanish. Yeah, and in large part, I would imagine more than any other position on the floor, father time is not kind of point guards because it robs them of exactly the thing that you're talking about. Quickness. That, that quickness, yeah. that speed, that ability to get to your spot and do what you want to do. Um, there's another stat in this great Brightside article about usage rate. Now, for the it's not a super analytical stat. It's fairly common in the NBA. Usage rate is a stat that counts shot attempts plus free throws plus turnovers. Basically, how often are you being used? How often is the ball in your hand and you're either shooting the basketball, going to the free throw line, or turning the ball over? Shot attempts. Shot attempts. Free throws. And turnovers. Turnovers. Okay. That's usage rate. Yeah, Chris Paul is career low. Okay. Career low this year. Give me the numbers. 15.9%. That's the lowest of his career. What Um, what was he in previous years with the Suns? He was at 19.7 last year. He was at 22.1 the year before. And he's at 15.9%. He's at 15.9. Okay. So he went from 20% last year to 16% this year. And what, was he, what was the first year? 22%. Here. So, so that's down almost 7 
points yeah. Yeah. from the first year. Now, here's my – can I give you my theory about Chris Paul? Sure. Or at least a thought about Chris Paul? I mean, listen, like you said, I mean, your name's on the damn thing, so okay. <laughs> You get to vote. Okay. Hey, you get to vote for two. You get to vote on the Twitter poll no, for two different answers. I, I tried. The Twitter poll wouldn't let me. Okay, it, it yeah. wouldn't. I it told you. Let me do that. No, it's not how Twitter works. How many conversations we had about the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins about how addicted the Cardinals are to DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like they can't play without DeAndre Hopkins. They, when he's on the field, they're a different football team. When he's off, they haven't figured out how to function without him, right? Okay, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah, but if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not going to be like, listen, I'm going to make sure that we, we're not going to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to have his usage. DeAndre, we're only going to throw the ball to you four times today. Why? Because we want to make everybody around him better. Yeah, no, thank you. But but the Suns might have to figure out how can we function better when we don't have Chris Paul at his best? How can we function better when Chris Paul's not going to be at his best? Because Chris Paul's no longer going to be at his best. We have to almost count on Chris Paul not being his best at the end. So we better figure out how to be at our best when he's not at his best so that we're prepared for it. So that we're better prepared than the Cardinals were. With the 17 games he missed last year in the regular season, not enough to kind of experiment with that? With the playoff games that he missed, not enough the year before when he missed playoff games and campaign had to come in? But were you expecting Chris Paul to be as bad as he was in the playoffs? You probably weren't. Well, he wasn't bad against New Orleans. He was really really terrible against the Mavs. I think he had one bad game against New Orleans. Maybe it was two, but he had some really good games against the Orleans. The Mavs, he was terrible. When he goes out with the injury last Last year, if you're the Suns, you start thinking, oh, man, we just got to get Chris Paul back as soon as we can because he's going to be our savior. He's going to come back and he's going to right the ship, right? You just got to survive that time without him. Now I think you're looking at it a little differently if you're the Suns. Now if you're the Suns, you're thinking he can't be our primary option. He can't be our secondary option. We need to figure out a way to play basketball games and win basketball games where Chris is not the main guy out there or even the secondary guy out there because chances are we get to the postseason and he's not going to be able to be. He, well, how does that explain him not being able to hit a shot? Well, that to me is father time. Okay. That that to me is is he's just, and he knows it, and that's why he's not taking as many shots. He knows that it, that part of his game is starting last to year, slip. Did he know it last year against Dallas? When he refused to take wide open three-pointers. How many times was Devin Booker trapped, passes it to a wide open Chris Paul, and they've got Dorian Finney-Smith like 10 feet away saying, I'm here in case you drive. If you want to shoot it, I'm going to let you shoot it uncontested. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit back here because I'm not going to let you get to that elbow. But if you want to take that wide open three, I'm going to give it to you. And he didn't take it. He didn't take it. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Do you totally dismiss the theory or do you think no, there might I be mean, something to it? <sighs> The theory on them trying to figure out how to play without him? Trying to figure out how do we win games when Chris Paul's not at his best? Because Chris yeah, Paul might not to, be at his best. They have to do that. They have year. to do well, I think, And I think that's part of what you're seeing but right now. But he's also now. averaging 33 minutes a game. Yeah. That's not like, you know, it's not like he's averaging 33 he's, minutes he's a game. He's out there quite a bit. And, and you know, he's averaging, last year he averaged 32.9 minutes per game. This year in three games, he's averaging 33. Like, it's not like they've cut his time down. No, but I mean, one of those games, too, was an overtime game. So there was a few extra minutes, and it's only a three-game sample size. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, you're right. But let's see where those minutes are a week from now or two weeks from now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports last night, two teams joined a wide group of three and four teams in the NFL. It's a big club. The Cardinals are a part of it. Can they flourish as a part of it? That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
Jones and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Empty spread. They fake it to Jones. Keeper fields. Cuts inside. Looking for the goal line. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Off to the left side of the line. Bears around the board with six more. As uh, Justin Fields' touchdown run made its head nothing against the Patriots last night on Monday Night Football. That was WBBM with the call. The Bears would, uh, on the strength of a whole bunch of turnovers and a quarterback controversy, oh for goodness. lack of a better word, Bill <laughs> Belichick claimed... Wow. Wow. That the people on the team that needed to know he was going to play both quarterbacks knew. Yeah. But there were a bunch of guys on the roster like, yeah, I had no idea we were playing both quarterbacks. I had no idea wow. that Mac Jones was going to play and that Bailey Zappi was going to play and that they were both going to play. But but Bill's insisting, no, that was the plan all along. And the people who needed to know knew. But uh, the Bears didn't look half bad last night. I, I'll give them credit. That, that might be one of the best efforts, Justin Fields, that we've seen out of him and them since they drafted him. Yeah. They kind of looked like they knew what they were doing. Yeah, he threw for 179 yards and a touchdown, but he ran for the 82, uh, converted a lot of big third downs running the football and they, they pounced all over New England and buried them and you know he's a guy that can keep drives alive you know with those legs kind of like what Kyler can do and so that was a good game for him I mean that 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 was a, that was a good game for him to go out there and play in um, I think I was reading it was a a matchup of quarterbacks from the college football playoff national championship game when Fields went against Jones so that was a, that's always oh, God, pretty good when Alabama played that. Ohio yeah. State yeah Alabama yeah, Ohio State so kind of a rematch of those two guys playing against each other. So I don't believe in the Bears. But the interesting thing now, and, and, and you know, you sent a, a screenshot today of the, the standings, and it just caught my eye. And, man, the, 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 the three and four teams, right? I mean, like, it's like everybody in the league is three and four. Like, Feels like it. It, it does feel like the, that everybody's three and four. And you take a look at those standings, you're like, you know, and the Cardinals are in there. But Washington, Green Bay, Chicago, Tampa, Atlanta, Los Angeles, San Fran, and the Cardinals. That's three, five, eight teams are three and four. And well, the Rams are three and three. I only included them because they oh, yeah, got yeah, three yeah, wins. Yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're the one. But okay, I so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams have three wins. Yeah. Eight, eight teams eight have teams. three wins. Half. Okay, the NFC has 16 teams in it. Yeah. Half of the teams in the NFC have three wins. Okay. Half of them. So now... You're gonna have a division winner in each. Everybody's there's gonna be one division winner, and then you got three wild cards, right? Correct. You, none of the three win teams right now are going to win the East. Okay, the Washington Commanders are not winning the East, so that they're not going to win that. I, I doubt that an NFC North team wins it either because the Packers are so bad, and I think the Vikings are just so the Vikings are five and one. So just say the Vikings are going to win that. Somebody, one of the three win teams is probably going to win the South, the Falcons or the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the Saints come out of nowhere and do something. If Winston comes back, maybe they can. So I think one of those teams could win the division. And then clearly one of the three win teams, Arizona, San Fran, and the Rams, can win the West. But, you know, you start to look, not all of those teams are going to make the playoffs. So when I look at all the three win teams, I'm probably thinking, okay, one in the South. 
And the way the East is going, Bernsey, you might have three teams from the East get in the playoffs. Probably. I mean, if the season were to end a day, you certainly do. Philly's the one seed, the Giants are the five, and the Cowboys are the six if so, the season ends right now. So when I looked at this, and I was fascinated by you when you said it over, I'm looking at all the three-win teams, and an early indication would be that there's probably only two of these teams that are going to make the playoffs. Whoever wins the South mm-hmm. and one more wild card. Mm-hmm. That was my early indication. Mm -hmm. Unless somebody overtakes the Vikings or the, you know, somebody overtakes, I could see somebody overtaking Seattle, so that would be a three win team. The Bucks and Falcons, the winner, that could be a three win team. So you two or three, like if I go back at the end of the season and we keep this list, there's no way more than three of those teams make the playoffs. There's no way. It's two or three of those teams can make the playoffs, but no more than that. No, no more. Than, and and I think you're. I think you're absolutely. I think another way of phrasing it is okay. Of other than whoever wins the South, okay. And for right now, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're in the three and four club. Other than whoever wins the South. All of those other three win teams are probably battling for one playoff spot. One. Unless things dramatically... Well, unless one of the teams win the West. Well, yeah, but overtake got, Seattle. Like, I've got Seattle at four and three, but he, okay, so even if they do, Seattle might then drop and take a wild card spot in addition. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, okay. so two of those, if you want to account Seattle in there. So you're talking about a group of the Rams, the Niners, the Packers, the Falcons, the Commanders, the Cardinals, and the Bears. They're all in the three and four club. And the way things at least early are trending, knowing things can change with Seattle and knowing things can change with the Bucks, all of those teams, Rams, Niners, Packers, Falcons, Commanders, Cardinals, Bears, are all probably fighting for one playoff spot. One. That's it. Yeah. One. You know, again, not knowing what happens with the West and maybe Seattle Falls and the Rams yeah. rise or Seattle Falls and the and the Niners rise. But between, I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Giants and the Cowboys, I know it's early. We're only we're not even halfway through the season yet. Uh, it's not as early they're as kind of starting to solidify like it's like we we had this conversation with the Cardinals last year. Like at some point, the record dictates you're getting into the playoffs. I can't remember what point we reached that with the Cardinals last year, but remember that they're going to get in. Yeah. We they came were in, like, yeah. yeah, we came in after one of the games like, last week, last year, and we said they're in. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. They can't not make the playoffs. Just a matter that they point. win a division and get to the wild card. Exactly. And, and you're Eagles almost there with the East now, yeah, too. The Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants of all pl- Is it possible that one of them falls apart? Yeah, of course. Of course it's possible. Um, but right now, those teams are all trending in a really good direction. It's it. There's just a lot of mediocrity right now. Now, I would have said... You know, like if you said, who's the best? I, like right now, who's the best out of those three win teams? Who is the best three win team out there? You can't look at that anymore and just say it's it's the Bucks or the Packers. I don't know that I would pick either. Like they should be, they should be. Who's the best three win team? <laughs> Bucks, Rams. Uh, 49ers, Packers, Falcons, Commanders, Cardinals, or Bears. Somebody's got to be the best Who's, at that who, group. Who is the, who, just, okay, total just fraud. answering that question okay. alone, it was impossible. It feels, who is the best team out of that group? I don't even know. Okay, let's play, let's play process of elimination for a second here, okay? It's not the Falcons. Who's the, who's the two worst teams? Out of, who's the two worst three and four teams? Uh, I think it's the Falcons and the Commanders. No, I think it's the Commanders and the Bears. I changed my mind. It's I would the Commanders say, and the Bears. I would have said Commanders and Bears, too. Those are the two worst teams. Okay. And if you had to throw a third one in there? I'd throw the, the Falcons. Falcons. Okay. Yep. 
I mean, I don't think that Chicago makes the playoffs. I don't think Washington makes the playoffs. And I don't think um, the Falcons make it. So Washington, the Bears, and the Falcons, I don't think that those teams are going to make it. But the problem is somebody's got to win the South. And if the Bucks are just as bad as we thought they were, as they, as they look, yeah. like then maybe. I mean, maybe somebody can win the South with like an 8-9 and nine record. When we come back every Tuesday, we have the pleasure of talking with a member of the Phoenix Suns, and it's a big day to talk to a member of the Phoenix Suns. One of the new members of the team who's made a really good impression so far, Jock Landale, joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.